The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Large retail and e-commerce companies have made it easy for consumers to buy just about anything and everything online. But there's a new company in Chicago that is helping small businesses compete with the big guys so they can offer the same flexibility and speed of receiving their purchases. La La Move is an app-based, same-day courier service that helps with delivery for small businesses. The goal at La La Move is simple. Help local Chicago small businesses by providing affordable delivery for their customers. La La Move merges the rideshare model with courier services to deliver anything from flowers to furniture and everything in between. Right now, La La Move is offering free delivery for one month. Visit lalamove.com. That's lalamove.com to learn more. When Bill Clinton was elected president two centuries later, the white share still stood at 87%. But get this, in the 28 subsequent years... Ben, I cannot get enough of this Mayor Rahm Emanuel. <laughs> this police, this PCN Politico is so good. <laughs> That's really well done. i got to give you a lot of credit for that. Caught me off guard, ladies and gentlemen. He didn't tell me he was going to do that. He's been up all night reading the Rahm Emanuel political piece. It's better and better with each reading. So good. I mean, you just read it that one time. I think you should give it a, another look over. I think you'll. Uh... I'll, I'll read it. I'll you know. I've been reading White Tiger, pretty good novel. But you know, I'll put White Tiger to the side and I'll read Rahm Tiger. How about that? Oh, there you go. It's kind of like the band Sticks. You know, the more you keep listening to it, the more you start to get it. I think that's kind of what it is with Rahm. These uh, these uh, opinion pieces. You know what I mean? Give it a second chance, Ben. Come on. I'm trying to think of any a stick song that I know. I know one. I can hear it in my mind, but I just it, I can't. You know how that happens, D. I hear it in my head, but I can't articulate it. <sighs> it happens so much with me in music, Kama, like uh, Kamakori Gato, Mister Roboto. I think that's a stick song, Mister Roboto, isn't that? Mister, uh, I'm not sure. It's come sail with me, come ah, sail yeah, that's with. A stick. Is that yeah. sticks or Queen? That's sticks. Okay, come on. Am I the man? We'll find out <laughs> shortly. We just started. All right, Darn. your Ben Jarofsky show for Friday, January 29th is just moments away. But before we do this, we need to thank our sponsors for bringing you the Ben Jarofsky show. SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana. Their sponsors, brand new sponsors. Thanks, SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana. Hope you're enjoying your time with us here on the Ben Jarofsky show. The Chicago Federation of Labor are sponsors, as well as Chicago Reader. Go subscribe to the Chicago Reader, by the way. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know about the city of Chicago. Go check out the Chicago Reader. And our host has a column once a week on Chicago Reader. You knew that. Go check it out, ChicagoReader.com. All right, your song of the day comes from Frank, and it is Give Peace a Chance by John Lennon. Love John Lennon. Love that song. All we are saying, come on, D, sing along, is give peace a chance. Dennis will take a take it from here. Go. 
Oh, a piece of chance. I don't know. I got nothing. <laughs> oh my God! Did John want to just come back to life and become my producer? Really great job, Dee. <laughs> the Ben Jarofsky show starts now. It is Friday, January 29th, and live from my apartment and his attic, this is The Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, it's another Ramana Rundown with Chicago Sun-Times editor, Ramana Hussein. Now your host, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this GameStop Friday, and here's why. Spent the better part of last night following the ongoing soap opera saga of the stock trading scandal known as GameStop Gate. Here are the details. In the old days, stocks could only be purchased or sold through brokerage firms, which required a fee per transaction. But that's so 90s. Nowadays, you can make transactions through apps like Robinhood, which charge no fees. So you might say they've democratized the markets. Over the last few days, thousands and thousands and thousands of small investors have gathered together on Internet sites, chat sites, swapping intel and goodbyes, and they decided to throw their money behind GameStop. A heretofore sleepy and barely in business electronic games company that sells products the old fashioned way in malls. We're in a pandemic. Who goes to malls? Exactly. That's why it's a sleepy, barely in business company. Anyway, the frenzy to invest in GameStop drove up the cost of its stock. Keep in mind, this has nothing to do with the value of the business because let me repeat who goes to malls? But as the young investors are learning, there's not always a correlation between the cost of its stock and its value. And you can make a lot of money if you buy low and sell high, as they say, even if the business isn't that valuable. So this is frenzy that sends stock prices soaring, which is actually bad news to powerful investors like huge hedge fund conglomerates. Why? Because they play their own convoluted game called buying short when they, in which they actually make money if stock prices fall. But with all these small-time investors driving up the price of GameStop, the hedge funds were losing money. Tough luck, you say. That's how it goes in a free market, you say. <laughs> that shows how little you know about how capitalism works in the United States of America. Hedge funds and gazillionaires may believe in free markets for some poor guy on the West Side, but when it comes to them, it's like, hey, man, give me some socialism. And so someone got Robin Hood to stop most transactions of GameStop, which sent the stock prices falling, which brought a little relief to the huge hedge funds. One of which I might add is uh, Citadel, owned by our very own Kenny, Kenny G, Kenneth Kenny G, the richest man in the state, the guy that funded Bruce Rauner's political campaigns, and most recently Ugh. paid for the. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. And most recently paid for the anti-fair tax commercials that featured Phyllis making up stories about how rising the rates on rich people like Griffin would somehow hurt pensioners on the northwest side. And those dummies on the northwest side bought it. Sorry, didn't mean to go on that tangent. And I again apologize for voter shaming. Anyway. 
everyone who was paying attention to what was going on with GameStop was outraged. The market is rigged. The big boys are using their influence to protect their billions and expose everyone else to risk. So much for free markets. AOC, who might add, is freaking brilliant, ladies and gentlemen, weighed in with a tweet. On Twitter, she called for an investigation into Robin Hood's actions and said it was, quote, unacceptable. Then Senator Ted Cruz felt compelled to add his two cents. All right. Now, before you do the the Ted Cruz quote, remember, you have a Ted Cruz impression. I do. I knew you'd forget. (laughs) Uh, What you do is you just hold your nose. You just hold your nose. uh, Well, it's really not my. He tweeted, fully agree. (laughs) How about that? Fully agree. That's what he said. That was good. He, he tweeted to AOC like they were pals. You know, like a, he retweeted her and he goes, Folly and Gray, <laughs> don't let Cruz try to ride your glory. Anyway, AOC's tweet prompted sobbing from a Texas congressman named Chip Roy. I'm not making that up. Indeed, it's not Chips Ahoy. Although in my mind, it's really hard not to say Chips Ahoy. His name is Chip Roy. And he used to be an aide to Cruz. And this stuff, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not pretending I knew who Chip Roy was. I learned this all last night while I was spending a lot of time following this developing story. Anyway, he's a former aide to Cruz, as I said. And he's very hurt, very insulted that AOC had hurt Ted Cruz's feelings. And he tweeted out, I asked you to call. I He, he uh, sent a letter to Nancy Pelosi, excuse me, asking her to call on AOC to immediately apologize and retract her comment, which got me calling Rupert Murdoch. Hey, they're canceling AOC's culture, to which Rupert Murdoch said, cancel culture for thee, not for me. None of that actually happened. It was just in my mind. Anyway, in the middle of this all steps a gentleman named Leon Cooperman. He's a huge hedge fund operator who's worth like gazillions of dollars. And he offered the following explanation, quote, The reason the market is doing what it's doing is people are sitting at home, getting their checks from the government, basically trading for no commissions and no interest rates, end of quote. I had two thoughts when I read this uh, comment from Leon Cooperman, who is, as I said, a hedge fund operator worth gazillions and gazillions of dollars. It's an interesting take for a billionaire investor to make. He seems upset because a bunch of people have some disposable income to invest in stock. Well, what else is the market? It's people investing their disposable income so they can make money. Typical Republican response when things don't go their way. Disposable income for me, not for thee. My second thought is, what an interesting take. They were searching for someone to blame this on, a scapegoat, and he discovered the government. Yes, According to Cooperman, what happened is the government's fault because the government doled out money to people that didn't really need it. So these people had disposable income, which they invested in stock. And now look what happened. (laughs) First of all, let me say the only money the government doled out was like last April. They haven't really set out all the second stimulus checks yet. And the third ones are still very much in the pipeline. So it's like, what was those checks, Steve? 1200 bucks? It's not like those checks which are distributed in April are still hanging around. The people are investing it in the middle of, what, January? I really doubt those checks had anything to do with what went down with GameStop. Which reminded me of the Republican Party line back in 2008 when looking for a scapegoat to blame for the collapse of the real estate industry instead of the greed of all the people involved in the collapse 
The Republicans settled on blaming black people. They said if only the government hadn't forced banks to give out so many risky loans to so many unworthy borrowers in high-risk, high-crime neighborhoods, oh, this never would have happened. And these gazillionaires will blame anybody to avoid blaming themselves and their own greed. We've got a great show today, everybody. Ramana Hussein will be here from the Chicago Sun-Times. She's not greedy. She's got a lot to say about, oh, I may ask her about AOC, GameStop, and Ted Cruz. I know she has a lot to say about Ted Cruz. A lot of political talk with Ramana, her recommendations, and more. But before we do that, the young man from Alton who made about $1 million on hmm. gag. <laughs> Did I? Yes. Like last night, I go, uh, Dennis, could you uh, uh, give me a copy of that interview we did with Samita Mustafa? He goes, Ben, too busy doing my Robin Hood investments. My GameStop stock has now, it's over $400 a share. Leave me alone. I'm busy investing. <laughs> we call them money bags. <laughs> Dr. D, Dr. Money with the news. None of those nicknames. <laughs> no one calls me any of that stuff. I'm Dennis. How's it going, everybody? Uh, by the way, Ben, uh, I believe we already broke a New Year's resolution. <laughs> Putting gate at the end of every story. Come on, man. We said we nipped that at the bud. You gamer, GameStop gate? Come on. Wait, come out. I, did I make that resolution? I don't remember making that resolution. That, that, I made that resolution. I made that resolution? Yeah, come on. You don't remember? What? No, let's redo the whole thing. Uh, GameStop, not Gate. Friday, and here's what. There we go. I'll edit that out. Perfect. Perfect. How's it going, everybody? Before we find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois for the fourth and final time this week, we need to try our best to get all of you listening to download this weekend's Benny J bonus interviews. Wish us luck. Available this weekend at chicagoreader.com or wherever else you download podcasts. Here's this weekend's lineup starting on Saturday. It's the return of reporter Mark Garino. Mark was with us, I believe, in August uh, of 2020, and he's back. Ben, tell everybody about our interview. Mark Garino is a Washington Post correspondent. He also writes for The Reader. Uh, he uh, is a freelance writer for The Reader. Uh, for The Reader, he writes music stories. For The Post, he's been covering, oh my goodness, Kyle Rittenhouse uh, trial. It's not quite a trial yet, but uh, the uh, criminal prosecution of Kyle Rittenhouse, who was the um, Antioch teenager, went up to uh, Kenosha this summer and ended up shooting, uh, killing two people. Uh, after, in the middle of the uh, riot that was going on in Kenosha uh, after the, uh, the shooting of Jacob Blake. So that that trial, Mark takes us A to Z on the trial and, and how uh, Kyle Rittenhouse has become sort of a folk hero to the far right and who the lawyer is and what their strategies are. And uh, it's pretty interesting stuff. He's been following it. He's been he's interviewed the lawyers uh, for Rittenhouse uh, and he will be covering the trial as well. So uh, fascinating little uh, discourse of what's going on in, in, with the Kyle Rittenhouse trial in Kenosha. All right, Brianna on the live stream chat. Please don't call me Dr. Money. But that's uh, Saturday. Mark Garino returns on to our Sunday interview. Get out the pork steak. It's former downstate congressional candidate Erica Weaver. Ben, tell everybody about your conversation with Erica. 
Well, Erica Weaver ran uh, for Congress in the 15th Congressional District against Mary Miller. And after Mary Miller uh, emerged from the weeds, so to speak, with her, uh, quote, Hitler was right comment, unquote, I thought it'd be a good idea just to reach out uh, to Erica Weaver and see, you know, like, who was the person that 15th Congressional District voters could have voted for? So it was an interesting conversation with Erica Weaver, and a lot of it had to do with what Democrats have to do to uh, build support in areas that go for Trump, uh, what are the common grounds of interest, but also just some of the pratfalls of running as a Democrat in areas where the Democrats don't expect to win. Uh, Then we get into redistricting. Lord knows what the map is going to look like. The congressional map will look like the uh, after redistricting, because I think because of falling populations, Illinois will lose a congressional district. So Erica Weaver could be thrown into the same district as uh, Beth, uh, Betsy Dirksen Londrigan uh, or uh, Danny B in the 16th. I don't know what will happen with the 16th, the 15th, the 14th, the 13th. So uh, get into a little redistricting talk with Erica Weaver as well. And we got into a little redistricting talk yesterday today on the program uh, to help all of those out who kind of get lost in the weeds when it comes to map redistricting me uh, <laughs> but for others as well we kind of you know ask the basic questions like uh, hey what is map redistricting go check that out uh, yesterday's show uh, to get caught up on all of that but that's going to be available on Sunday former downstate congressional candidate Erica Weaver on to Monday's interview it's Congressman Mike Boast I'm sick of it every <laughs> year we give power to one person yeah, that was a joke it's not Mike Boast. Yeah, that was a joke, not Mike Boast, although. Uh, on Monday, <laughs> it's not Mike Boast. No, it's a podcast host. It's activist Shapiro Wells. We're going to be speaking with her after today's show. Now, Ben, I know you haven't done the interview yet, but what do you plan on talking about? Well, I want to talk about it. She does a, a, a podcast that has to do a very sad story. Her son was murdered and. Um, so she talks about the criminal justice system and the the delays uh, in the investigation uh, and uh, what it's like. You know, we talk about the victims of crimes, what it's like to be the family of, uh, of someone who's murdered and just you're caught up. Uh, just it's really hard for me to imagine what it would be like, but just to get caught up in um, the investigation, the delays, the frustrations. And um, so we'll be uh, we'll be taking that deep dive, talking about her podcast and what she's discovered uh, in the last year or so. Uh, Shapiro Wells, that'll probably drop Monday, right, D? That'll be on Monday. It's this weekend's Benny J bonus interviews. Saturday, reporter Mark Garino. Sunday, former downstate congressional candidate Erica Weaver. And yes, Monday, podcast host Shapiro Wells. Available by 5 a.m. Saturday, Sunday, and Monday at ChicagoReader.com and wherever else you download your favorite podcast. Go download them. Go subscribe. Give us a review. Five stars only. Live stream chat. Please stop calling me Dr. Money. All right. Local <laughs> news. Let's do it. <laughs> Dr. Money. I think we have a new nickname. Jeez. And I'll tell you what, uh, live stream listeners, this this guy, since he got that Robin Hood uh, app in his phone, there's no stopping him. <laughs> He's like an addict. He's like Ben. I need a thousand dollars. I want to. I want to invest in. Uh, uh, I want to invest in uh, Facebook right now. I need to do it. Bed Bath and Beyond. What? I never even heard of that. Nope. Ben, don't worry about it. The stock is rising now. Quick. I need the money. Okay. Here you go. 
Find, find me on Robin Hood, everybody. All right. Our coverage of the Chicago Teachers Union continues. But first, well, let's just get this out of the way right now. If you've been listening to this show for the last couple of Fridays, you may have noticed a new segment on the program, a slower paced not as exciting uh, as the other segment. All right, uh, guys, I'm trying my best to not say it's very boring, but it is. And for some reason, our host, Ben Jarofsky, loves it. And he insists we do it every Friday. Yes, listeners, that's right. It's time for our weekly Illinois weather report from state climatologist Trent Ford. From the Illinois State Water oh Survey God. at the University of Illinois Prairie Research Institute, this is Illinois State climatologist Trent Ford. You are boring. Temperatures this last week were within a degree or two of average for this time of the year, ranging from the high teens in northwest Illinois to the high 30s in southern Illinois. Mm-hmm. January month-to-date temperatures range from 1 to 4 degrees above average. Notably, we've seen a lack of very cold nights this month, as minimum temperatures have been 3 to 8 degrees above average. This is consistent with long-term warming trends in winter, which have disproportionately come with increased minimum temperatures. All right, you know what? We're going to check back in with Trent a little later. It's not enough. My God, why do you like this segment so much? Well, I find it fascinating that nights are not as cold as they used to be. I didn't realize that, okay, because until I started listening to this uh, Trent Ford segment, the nights are not as cold. Do a little digging and get back to me on that. Stop the day training for two seconds and do a little digging about why nights aren't as cold as they used to be, okay? Put down that Robin Hood app right now. No, we're not buying McDonald's stock, okay? Focus, Steve, focus. More like Trent Board, am I right? All right, hey, let's talk more statewide news, huh? And uh, Republican Illinois Representative Adam Kinzinger, dude, who do you think you're fooling? Yes, we have more on the one Republican in Illinois, or at least that's what he wants you to believe who spoke against the president ever since the derp fest known as the Capital City Riots uh, went down. Uh, he was even for impeaching the president. Ben, are you there, by the way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I had to turn. Well, yes, I'm still here. I, okay. It's like, hi, I, you, hi to, hard to explain this, what I do with the uh, the podcast. But when the brown line goes by, I, I like to I turn my mic off. Okay. All right. It just kind of freaks yeah. me out. It makes me think you're gone. But well, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. All right. So back to Kinzinger, who spoke against the president ever since uh, the Capital City riots went down. He was even for impeaching the president. And now he is the, quote, Lone Republican in Illinois. (laughs) Now, at first, I thought for sure that this fellow was smoking some of that legal Illinois reefer and channeling his inner Bernie Sanders. But, you know, the more I read about this Kinzinger, the more I'm starting to think he's just a grifter, Ben. What? The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and Lynn Sweet. Once again, Representative Adam Kinzinger on Thursday was the lonely voice, the only Republican to say freshman uh, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, the QAnon conspiracy booster, should be punished for supporting online threats to, uh, to execute Democrats and suggesting incorrectly school massacres were, quote, false flag operations. With twice impeached ex-president Donald Trump out of the White House, but retaining his grip on Republicans, Kinzinger told the Chicago Sun-Times, quote, there was a real split for the future of the party. And that epic battle has commenced. And uh, Kinzinger went on here. What a hero this guy is. He says, quote, I'm fine being the only one doing it or 
one of just a few. But it would be nice if more people that believe, similar to me, were vocal about it. GOP House Leader Kevin McCarthy met with Trump in Florida on Thursday to kiss Trump's ring and pick up his pledge to help flip the House to Republicans in 2022. Uh, the most prominent Republican in Illinois mentioned as a potential candidate in 2022 for governor or senator, Kinzinger, is stepping up his crusade to, quote, restore our GOP. His quest in, in is an outgrowth of his campaign against conspiracy theorists. That course adjusted after Trump tried to overthrow the election and his supporters attacked the Capitol on January 6th. So, Ben, how full of shit is this guy? No, no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Uh, Adam Kinsey, you're talking about? Yeah. Wow. Where do we start? Uh, first of all, I just want to say uh, just a shout out to um, to uh, the Heartland Mamas will be coming on the show next week. Uh, Heidi Henry, Murray Briel, uh, both Murray Briel was actually ran for uh, Congress in the 16th Congressional District uh, in the Democratic primary in order to eventually challenge Adam Kinsey. Here's the thing. The Republican Party uh, is completely owned by MAGA. MAGA is controlled by Trump. I've said it many times. I'll repeat it. It's so obvious. So Trump was outrageous. His performance was outrageous on January 6th. It was not excusable in any way. Uh, when he gave the speech inciting the uh, insurrection uh, that led to the attack on the Capitol um, and uh, five people killed, including a police officer. So it's really hard to justify anything Donald Trump did. Uh, in that moment. And yet, I forget what the polls show, but it's 70 to 80 percent, at least, of Republicans support Donald Trump to this day, feel as though that uh, the election was fraudulent, even though it wasn't, feel as though he won, even though he didn't. Uh, so he has successfully brainwashed them. I don't, I don't know what else to say. Uh, and um, in the aftermath of Donald Trump's victory in 2016, it's just to open the gates. Marjorie Taylor Greene's behavior is outrageous. The congresswoman from Georgia, anybody who sees the video of her chasing uh, David Hogue down the street, the Parkland uh, school survivor, the young man who became a crusader for gun control in the aftermath of the massacre in Parkland, uh, anyone who sees that, it's hard to reconcile that with rational behavior that you would expect out of a congressperson. I mean, she was just following him down the street, assailing him. Like, he didn't even know who she was. You know, calling him a coward. This is a guy who survived a school shooting. And by the way, he's a First Amendment right to speak his mind. This is what I'm saying about the hypocrisy of the Republican Party when it comes to cancel culture. They're trying to cancel him because they disagree with his position on gun control. So she's walking down the street. She feels like she has a right to walk down the street. You got to see it to believe it. Assailing him, mocking him, taunting him. You know, and he's just walking away just to avoid a confrontation. I, don't, I really don't know how else to do it. Uh, that's what I would have done. I just would have walked away. Well, you're crazy lady. Anyway, the crazy lady is now a congresswoman. So Adam Kinzinger called her out. I give, her, I give him credit for calling her out. The, the fact of the matter is, is that uh, if you're a congressman of the Republican persuasion and you dare to criticize a MAGA candidate, 
your future in the Republican Party is in jeopardy. And so and there's, if it's a political consideration that Adam Kinzinger has to make, I think he should think long and hard about leaving the Republican Party, becoming an independent um, like the congressman in Michigan did, whose name I can't remember. He's too conservative to be a Democrat, apparently, Adam Kinzinger. Like he believes in Donald Trump's tax issues uh, or tax policies, cutting taxes on wealthy people. Very curious what is uh, his attitude about uh, GameStop, not Gate, Gate, it would, would be. Uh, and uh, whether, um, you know, uh, big capitalists control and rig the market to work in their advantage uh, as opposed to small investors uh, who come on uh, through Robinhood. Really curious what his thoughts on that. I'm really but, curious uh, what his thoughts were on, I don't know, January 5th. Uh, what do you mean? His thoughts about uh, before, you mean before he changed his mind before this insurrection. Yeah, the guy obviously saw a, a lane here like, oh, I could be the one Republican in Illinois who's oh, oh, for, against Trump. Right. Well, he, he was. Well, see that he wasn't. I mean, he was one of the, uh, the few who spoke out before January 5th, before the uh, January 6th assault. I mean, he was the one in uh, in November who's saying, guys, Trump's making this up. We lost. And he's one of the Republicans. If I have an issue with uh, Adam Kinzinger, it's that why would you why did you vote for Trump in the first place? Uh, he voted for Trump in 2020. That's what he says. He voted for Donald Trump. He thought Donald Trump was it was a good idea to reelect Donald Trump. It's kind of my attitude like uh, I have about the secretary of state in Georgia. You know, who suddenly woke up and realized that Donald Trump was a bully and who was trying to force him uh, to break the law in order to uh, win uh, the state of Georgia for Trump. So if I have a problem with that in Kinsinger, it's like, where was he before November of 2020? But he has been pretty consistent. I have to give him to say this. Even before January 6th, he said that uh, Donald Trump uh, was making it up as he went along, that Donald Trump had, had lost the election, that Donald Trump... Uh, uh, had made up accusations of fraud and that he should concede. So he has been pretty consistent. And that's why I'm, I remember I got in trouble with Heidi Henry. That's what I was going to say. Heidi, I'm trying here, but he just loves the guy, apparently. <laughs> uh, I got in trouble with Heidi uh, in December because I was praising Kinzinger. This is before uh, January 6th. And then uh, Heidi sent me uh, a e uh, text message telling me why Democrats have worked so hard against him. Uh, so anyway, t Heidi will be coming on, which I'll, I'm sure she'll have a lot to say about Adam Kinzinger. So, D, Adam Kinzinger uh, is your favorite candidate in a no win position trying to be the voice of the anti Trump Republican because there are very few anti-Trump Republicans. Republicans love Donald Trump. We saw that with Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy, uh, the uh, Republican leader of in the House, uh, was critical of Trump after the uh, January 6th insurrection. He still voted. Did he vote? I think he did vote uh, against uh, certifying the election, but uh, he was critical of Trump. He said Trump had uh, brought on, incited uh, the rioters. And then just yesterday, as Lynn Sweet said, flew into Florida to meet with Trump. 
because he realized that his political future was jeopardized by openly disagreeing with Donald Trump. He, Kevin McCarthy, wants to be Speaker of the House. And if he's going to be Speaker of the House, he has to retain, first of all, he has to get reelected. And secondly, uh, he has to uh, retain the support of Republicans who are very pro-Trump. So he had to go down to Florida and meet with Trump. So that's the future of the Republican congressman uh, is to make peace with Donald Trump and to move as far away as they can from j- their criticism of Trump on January 6th. Kinzinger is taking a different point point of view. He's doubling down on his criticism of Donald Trump. He's broadening his criticism to include Marjorie Taylor Greene, which I think she warrants being criticized. So I, I don't believe there's any future for Adam Kinzinger in the Republican Party right now. And if he wants, if he cares about a political future, he should probably leave the Republican Party. That would be a good idea. Okay, so I asked the question. And remember, everybody, on this day, Friday, January 29th, according to the Ben Jarofsky Show, at this moment, Adam Kinzinger, not that full of shit. <laughs> no, he's been pretty consistent about his criticism of Trump. Has been. You got to give him that. I don't agree with him on any policy. Uh, He supported Trump's tax cuts for the wealthy. He's a Republican. I'm not a Republican. I think the Republican Party, even beyond Trump, is, how do I put this, promotes greed and inequity. I do believe that. But Donald Trump took it to another extreme. He just, like, started making stuff up, getting people uh, believing in conspiracy theories that are so bizarre and twisted and weird that they would, like, put their lives aside, storm the Capitol. Nah, I don't know if you saw this, D, um, that there are Republicans, uh, people who are at the Capitol insurrection who are now, now they're coming forth and saying, well, Trump made me do it. To blame Trump for it. I, I, I'm not now. Those are the people. I'm like, is that something your lawyer cooked up to get you out of trouble, out of hot water? Uh, you know what I'm saying? The uh, to get that. Oh, I'm starting to wonder about their motivations. You know, a little bit. Uh, or are they trying to look for sympathy from Democrats? You know, to be put up uh, as, to testify during the impeachment uh, trial that the Senate will be having next month. But there are people starting to say that Trump made me do it. I wouldn't have done this if Trump hadn't led me to do this. Kinzinger is not like that. Kinzinger spoke out against Donald Trump almost from the get-go back in uh, November when Trump started saying that the election was stolen from him. And I do not believe there's a place in the Republican, the current Republican Party for him. I feel he's fighting um, an uphill battle to... Uh, but what did he say? Take back the Republican Party. I don't think that's going to happen in the next, I don't know, definitely in the next election cycle. All right. And that leads me to my next question here. I think I know the answer based on what you said there. But any chance of the lone wolf, Adam Kinzinger, running for governor? No, right? You know, I, I don't know how he's going to win the Republican nomination. I, I think about all the candidates that we've talked about who are – Make no bones about it. Trump supporters, uh, Darren, uh, 
D.B. Bailey, the state senator, Jeannie Ives. Uh, who else? Johnny Canzera, fraternal order. I think he would have a better shot of winning the Republican nomination than Adam Kinzinger. I don't know who would vote for Adam Kinzinger in the current Republican primary. I just, the Republican Party has moved so far toward Trump that a candidate who was anti-Trump I can't see him getting a lot of support. Now, when I said this yesterday, it was the, who was it? Was Samina Mustafa that I was talking about this? Uh, or I can't remember. But the, the argument is, well, the Trump vote will be split. And so Adam Kinzinger will win the anti-Trump Republican vote, which is what? 20% maybe of the Republican. So... I know that's what everybody's saying. Oh, Kinzinger wants to run for governor. Uh, I remember Jacob Kaplan saying that to me on election night. Kinzinger, look out for Kinzinger. Kinzinger's going to run for governor. Uh, Jacob Kaplan, the executive director of the Cook County Democratic Party. And my reaction then was the same now. Like, how is he going to win a primary? Uh, so uh, it, it would be, uh, let me put it this way. I think Bruce Rauner lost Ugh. to a certain... <laughs> He lost in part, that Bruce Ronner grunt always gets me. He lost in part because he too was playing this. He was playing the game. He, he, never, he didn't criticize Trump, but he always kind of distanced himself a little bit from Trump because he knew that he had been elected in uh, 2014 in part uh, by uh, voters, sort of that suburban swing vote that gone to him. And he was going to lose them if he went too much to Trump. So he's, he was trying to navigate that one day. And then you saw what happened to him. So my guess is that the, the Republican Party in Illinois uh, will nominate someone to run for governor against J.B., who is very much of the uh, Donald Trump persuasion. And Adam Kinzinger does not meet that qualification. All right. And if Adam Kinzinger runs, you know, uh, maybe quite possibly look for Ben Jarofsky at the next Adam Kinzinger rally. I mean, <laughs> sounds like a, sounds like a fan here. Uh, well, you know, I, I, I'm uh, it's like uh, today's column in the uh, Sun-Times uh, by uh, Mona Shirin, who is a uh, Republican conservative. Uh, let me get the headline here. Uh, proud of my vote for Joe Biden. And uh, Mona and I agree on almost nothing, uh, except that we both view uh, Donald Trump as a a serious threat to democracy in this country. And so in that regards, uh, Adam Kinzinger, I see eye to eye. But I don't see eye to eye on any policy issues. He's a Republican. And so even if he went as he became um, an independent and uh, ran as an anti-Trump independent, I still wouldn't vote for him. Because he's a Republican, and I don't see eye to eye with him. I don't believe in tax breaks for wealthy people, for instance. I don't know how we can continue to fund government by, uh, if we just promote social inequity in terms of funding government. And uh, so that's just at the top of the list of policy differences I have with Adam Kinzinger. But yes, D, when it comes to speaking up against Trump, sorry, Heidi Henry. I do appreciate Adam Kinzinger's voice, and I know Heidi's going to give me an earful next week when she comes on the show about that. But, Heidi Henry, don't worry, because I'm on this guy. I think he's full of it, all right? Hey, Kinzinger, why don't you say something without a script, pal? Huh? Take those earbuds out and tell us something for real. (laughs) 
earbuds? <laughs> yeah, remember one time he uh, gave a speech, and he was he obviously it was a script, and he had his little his earbuds in, and he's like, "Hi, I am Adam Kenton." You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if you had to choose, here you go for governor. Adam Kinzinger or Darren D.B. Bailey, who do you vote for? Well, I'll answer that question in moments here because uh, we're going to have to wait for Kinzinger to make that announcement uh, that for governor if it happens. But it looks like we do have another Illinois conservative, Ben, looking to run for governor against J.B. Pritzker. Now, before we find out the newest person on our list, let's run through our early conservative gubernatorial hopefuls thus far. Uh, I believe there are only two. Uh, the gentleman we just mentioned, the downstate representative from Xenia, Illinois, Darren, who's going to feed them hogs, Bailey. <laughs> and remember, everybody, this happened maybe two or three months ago, out of nowhere, Man Cow. Oh, my God, I forgot. Chicago native and radio star, Man yeah. Cow, Robert Mueller. I-, I forgot. Is he still running? I mean, I haven't really heard much uh, since that announcement that he made, but I mean, I would assume... Wait, time out. Did he actually say he was going to run, or did he say he was, he was thinking of running? Yeah, he's a, uh, an early hopeful. Huh. I forgot. completely forgot, man, Cal. I, had him, I had a list, you know, Jeannie Ives, Kyle Rittenhouse, Johnny Catanzara, Phyllis and Blago, but I did not have... Um, <laughs> man, I gotta write it in. Hold on, yes, uh, man, cow, man, cow. First name, man. Yeah. Last name, cow. Remember that, yeah. Mr. Cow. Oh, uh, new position. <laughs> so we got uh, Darren Bailey and Man Cow. Well, we have another name to add to the list here. It says here, and shout out to Frank for this, by the way. Uh, it says here, wealthy businessman. Uh, wealthy, I can talk. Wealthy businessman and Trump mega donor Gary Rubin, the founder of a paving company, is quote expected to launch a bid for governor next month. This is according to Politico. It's not clear just how much Rubin is worth, but a 2016 report described his business operations as a $210 million conglomerate of 11 companies. Oh, boy, Ben, we cannot relate, huh? Uh, So, if he still owns a large chunk of that enterprise, it's likely he could at least party self-fund a campaign, or partly self-fund a campaign. uh, Until you mentioned his name to me, D, I did not know him. I I must confess. And uh, so, I haven't had time to do any research on Gary Rabin. So I don't know if he has legitimate shot at it, but that's the background. That's the type of candidate who would do well uh, in, a, in, a, in a Republican primary. Someone who is unabashedly a supporter of Donald Trump is not ashamed of it, makes no bones about it, uh, feels like he was wrongly treated and feels like he maybe even goes so far as to say that uh, Trump actually won the election that he lost. Now, that'll be really interesting. To see if a Republican who still says, who still maintains that Donald Trump actually won this election, to see if that person can win statewide. At the risk of sounding very naive, uh, I would like to say that can't happen. I believe that um, most voters in the state of Illinois are convinced that Joe Biden won. So you sound a little loony. If you go around saying that Donald Trump was victorious and you do look a little like the insurrectionists who stormed the Capitol, some of whom are already saying, I can't help it. I listen to Donald Trump. He brainwashed me. So I think that's part of that juggling act that the Republicans are going to have to do. They got to distance themselves from the Marjorie Taylor Greens 
of the Republican universe, but not alienate all the MAGA people who still love Donald Trump. And it, D, that will be a quite a tightrope walk uh, for Republican candidates to do in 2022. Right now, Pritzker looks vulnerable. We talk about it all the time. All those Pritzker suck signs all over the state of Illinois. But, you know, it's got a lot of money to run a lot of commercials. Uh, and the Republican Party has its own divisions it has to worry about. So it's not clear whether uh, just a completely unabashed Donald Trump supporter could be victorious statewide. All right. So another early name to possibly run against J.B. Pritzker for governor. We will be keeping you posted uh, when more of these names become available, because uh, quite honestly, I love it. I think it's fun. Uh, Yeah, that's right. Kathy on the live stream chat. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's Brianna on the live stream chat. That's right. Governor Cow. It's the butter cow, which has nine hearts to represent the nine essential nutrients in milk. That's right. It's made entirely out of butter. And, you know, it's a state fair tradition since at least 1922. (laughs) I haven't heard that one in a while. Since 1922. We're having a good time. This has been fun, right, listeners? Yeah, well, fun's over because it's time to check back in with state climatologist Trent Ford and this week's (laughs) Illinois weather report. Only the very northwest tip of the state, the St. Louis metro east area, and the south seven counties have been wetter than normal in January. This past week was one of the snowiest oh this season. Seven days snowfall totals range from nearly 10 inches in Joe Davies County to less than a quarter of an inch in Iroquois County. Even counties along the Ohio River in southern Illinois picked up close to an inch of snow this week. January snowfall is within two inches of normal across the state. For the winter season as a whole, all but the northwest corner of Illinois has seen below average snowfall, less than five inches below average in southern Illinois, and between five and ten inches below average in central and northeast oh, this Illinois. This segment sucks. Wetter than normal. That's, yeah, wetter than normal. Write that down, D. we got to get him on as a guest. I can't wait for you to realize that this segment stinks. <laughs> All right, now let's talk about what's happening in the city of Chicago. No public events scheduled for our Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Thank God. Huh? <laughs> Science is back, baby. Oh. Science is back, yes indeed. No public events, but she may be throwing a going away party today because Michael Crowley, director of Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot's communications office for nearly 18 months, is leaving. Crowley said he is taking a break to, quote, find a new adventure and rekindle his love of running without a cell phone in his hands. Oh, okay. Uh, listen to this prophetic quote here, Ben. It says, quote, sometimes to move forward, you have to step aside. Crowley said that? That's Crowley quote. Wow, that's pretty good. <laughs> I guess. His exit I, comes uh, a few weeks after Anel Ruiz, the mayor's former spokeswoman, left to work in public affairs office in the private sector. Crowley's news also comes amid tense negotiations between the mayor's office and the Chicago Teachers Union. But his leaving at this moment is only coincidence, Crowley said. Crowley has planned for weeks to step down. And ironically, Ben, Crowley started his job just before the 2019 teacher strike. Well, best of luck to you, young man. I don't know Michael Crowley. I don't know uh, the woman who replaced him. I'm not really on the uh, like part of the inside group uh, with the mayor, uh, Lori Lightfoot's staff, to put it mildly. Crowley is one of these guys to, uh, to the list of people who I'm still expecting a phone call from. Maybe it'll come now. I recall it was 
while back, I wanted to bring on someone from the mayor's staff uh, to talk about TIFs uh, and uh, what the mayor was doing, the TIF program. And he said, I'll get back to you with that. And uh, I never heard from him again. I don't blame him. <laughs> I'm sure uh, when they ran that up the flagpole, there you go, go on that hippie commie show? No way. <laughs> so uh, anyway, best of luck to you, young man. Uh, I didn't know you. Uh, never met you, but... <laughs> You know, couldn't have been easy uh, working for Lori Lightfoot's administration over the last year. We've never heard of you or met you, but you were the communications director. So I got a feeling you heard of us. (laughs) Yes. And probably listen to us. Uh, So I don't know, D. I'm trying to do some reflection about this. Like, why is it that I just never have good relations with the mayors of Chicago? Why is it? I know it's my fault. It's got to be my fault. You know what I'm saying, D? Because it's like I didn't have a great relationship to put in Miley with Mayor Daly, Mayor Rahm. It's like in La Lori life. Is there something about me? I'm really like doing soul searching. I'm going to do my walks at night. My, uh, You know what I mean? I'm going to think about it. Like, now, what search, is it about me? Search deep. <laughs> something wrong with me. Everybody else likes the mayors. The whole time Mayor Daly was mayor, I was swimming against the street. Everybody liked him. And for at least one year or so, people love Rom. And on the north side of Chicago, oh, my God, they still love Rom. Still, the, he can still get elected in the north side of Chicago. He's a good mayor. Looked out for us. I mean, I heard he rode his bike a thousand miles around Lake Michigan. Yes. Like Rahm Emanuel. What are you complaining about, Ben? Shut up. Uh, and my neighbors love Lori Lightfoot. Oh, my God. I think they love her even more than they love Rob. So there's just something weird about me, D. So um, um, <laughs> why? Why? What is it with me and mayors? You know, and I talked to other reporters. That don't seem to have. This is something I've been dealing with, D. When I t- like we're going to get to the teachers, you know, like I'm always pro teacher. You ever notice that? And then. Very few other reporters share that. It's like, you know, the teachers aren't always right, Ben. You know, teachers aren't always right. Well, I know that. I know teachers aren't always right. I would say like half the teachers I've had in my life, I didn't really like. I don't know about you, D, but but I had a lot of teachers that I thought were really bad when I was growing up. And I go, well, you know, I'll get through this year and... And then I'm, I'm on to another teacher. And then every now and then you get a good teacher. I love that teacher. So, you know, so I, yeah, I, I realize that teachers are always right. But when I look at a fight between the Chicago Teachers Union and a mayor, when I look at the, how Chicago public schools are run, I'm like, you know, I'm generally going to be on the side of the teachers. And I actually think Dennis is the same way. Uh, we just, we found each other in that. But most people in Chicago aren't like that. Most Chicagoans, in my humble opinion, their instinct is to go with the mayor. And when they elect that mayor, it's like so personal. It's like, that's our mayor. And my mayor is looking out for me. And I really like my mayor. So I have to, D, I'm going to just do some soul searching late at night as I yeah, walk. Please do. I've been uh, waiting for you to say that for years. <laughs> and <laughs> I think you may see a new me next week. Oh. I'll be saying nice things about Lori Lightfoot. Wow. You know, Dave. <laughs> and maybe I'll say a nice thing or two about Rom. How about that? You know, I'm sure your neighbors would love that. You know, you yelling praise out uh, <laughs> up in your attic. You know, that's well, probably better. Yeah, 
I do know that when Rom sent his precinct workers around back in 2015, I got into a screaming match with them and the F-bomb was flying. And I ended up threatening the guy if he didn't leave my porch. I would call the police on him. So I'm off to a bad start with my neighbors and Rom, okay? And now my neighbors and Lori. I, I don't know what it is, D, but it's something about the mayor. After I watch mayors for a while... I'm like, uh, I kind of have an attitude about mayors like you have toward Adam Kinzinger. You know what I'm saying, Dave? It's like. Oh, full of shit? <laughs> yeah. Something like that. So I'm going to work on it, D. I really am. Okay. I'm going to work on it. Best news I've heard all year so far. That's good. <laughs> Please do some soul searching. Uh, all right. Talking more here about this Crowley feller stepping down here, taking Crowley's place as communications director. Well, it's the mayor's deputy director of the office, Kate LaFergie. I hope she's good at lying. <laughs> Lightfoot said about LaFergie or LaFergie. I don't know. But she said about this person, quote, Kate has played a critical part in navigating our city through the enormous challenges of the last year. She is fiercely committed to our mission of building a transparent, responsive city government that reflects the experience and needs of our residents. And I am thrilled to have her stepping into this leadership role. I mean, if she says it, it must be true. Right, Ben? Well, that's part of the new me. Yes. There if our mayor go. says this, it's true. Don't you ever forget that, okay? Here's a, this is my, my pet peeve from leftover from yesterday. I'll repeat it. The mayor is really proud of her press secretary saying great things about her. Press, press, press secretary is supposed to work for us, not the mayor. But let's face it, this is how it goes in politics today. You know, the public pays the salary for a person whose job it is is to put out the best news possible about the mayor. So she works for the mayor, but she's paid by the public. If she was really representing the public, and I realize this is so unrealistic, I'm saying this. But if she was really representing the, the public, then she wouldn't even work for the mayor. That would be a matter of gathering up information that she believes that uh, the public should see and making certain that all that information was presented to the public quickly and easily to, uh, for them to access so that we would have all our answers uh, readily when we want them. But that's not how it works, D. These guys are flax for the mayor, paid for by the public. You know, Something wrong with that. Uh-oh, here comes that anti-mayor feeling. There's something wrong with that. But just doesn't, it's not the way it should be. But that's the way it is. It's the way it is with the president, the uh, Speaker of the House, the President of the Senate, down the road, down. Every single one of these PR people works for the politician, but they're paid for by the public. Ah, got troubles with that, D. Just have troubles with that. So that is our local news here for this hour. Uh, coming up after our interview with Ramana Hussein, we're going to be talking about the latest with the Chicago Teachers Union. All right. So don't worry. We're going to be talking about that a little later on as well. Trent Ford, take us home. Another winter storm will be making its way through the region over the weekend. Okay. With expectations of rain, snow mix in central Illinois and mostly snow for northern Illinois. Oh, that's good news. Forecasts indicate the potential for precipitation totals between an inch and two inches statewide over the next seven days with the highest totals in east central Illinois. Precipitation on mostly unfrozen soils will be important to improving dry soil conditions across central Illinois. Looking farther out, CPC outlooks for the first week of February show much of the same, strongly elevated odds of wetter than normal conditions with the highest odds of near normal temperatures. 
This is Illinois State Climatologist Trent Ford wishing everyone a happy, healthy weekend. Oh, hey, thanks, Trent. That was really nice. Ramana just joined us. She fell asleep. Wake up, Ramana. <laughs> How guys, are you guys? We're doing, doing well. Good. Wait, Trent Ford is boring. But there you go, guys. Remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J bonus interviews, and so much more at chicagoreader.com and, and wherever else you download podcasts. You can always send us an email, bennyjshow at gmail.com. Find us on social media at bennyjshow. And you can call the Ben Jarofsky Show. It's true. 708 658 4788. That number again 708 658 4788. Eight, eight. We would love to hear from you. Coming up, Ramana Hussein and the Ramana Rundown. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.